We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. How, how many makers and cokes have you had? We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports, partnered with 440 Sports. We are coming to you on this Friday morning, Thursday, August 5th is our recording time, which means we are recording this during a football game. There's football happening right now. What's up, Justin? Mason Rudolph is on the field. This is not a drill. He just stepped onto the field and there's no sign of Miles Garrett. So that's probably good for him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Steelers are playing the Cowboys, so they don't really have to worry about a defense. Oh, God. Oh, Cowboys slander on this episode of the Music City Audible. <laughs> from the from a fan of a team who also has no defense, if we're just using 2020. But we are going to talk about that Titans defense today. Today is our Inside Linebacker Expectations episode. If you've been following along for a few weeks now, you know we've been previewing our expectations for the Titans by going through each position group individually. So far, we've covered the offensive line, the defensive line, the tight ends. Last week, we did the running backs. This week, we are on to the inside linebackers. And actually, Justin, this is our first podcast together since training camp started because, as our listeners will remember, we pre-recorded last week. So we haven't really had a chance to react to any of the stuff that's going on at training camp yet. We're going to do that first, talk about some of our our takeaways just from the first week and a half of, of the players hitting the field, and then we'll dive into our inside linebacker preview and read some of your expectations that you submitted on Twitter, listeners. So we'll get into all that. But first... Let's talk about training camp. Let's talk about some news just as a general thing to know about our show going forward. We're not going to spend too much time talking about the roster churning that John Robinson is consistently going to be doing for the back end of this Titans roster. They waived a bunch of guys on Thursday. They signed a few guys on Thursday as well. They added some people to IR, Greg Maven, the cornerback to IR, Spencer Pulley, offensive lineman to IR. But we're not going to talk through every single one of these names kind of like we have been because there's so much to talk about now. We want to actually react to the real stuff. These camp body names are all almost all going to get cut when it comes time to do the roster cutdowns anyway. Like most of these guys are not going to make the team. If they will end up making the team, then we're going to have another reason to talk about them at some point because they're standing out or whatever it is. So we're going to kind of breeze past that. We are going to mention, however, Deshaun Kaiser. There's this backup quarterback battle going on that was between Logan Woodside, who's been with Tennessee for about three years now, and Deshaun Kaiser who has been with Tennessee since, I guess, the beginning of last year when he was the emergency quarantine quarterback after Trevor Simeon was discarded. Kaiser was waived on Thursday. He injured his throwing hand in practice earlier this week, so I would assume that it has to do with that, although there's like injury settlement, so he must have had to pass a physical in order to be waived. What do you think about this? They, they bring in Matt Barkley, who has a little bit of NFL experience, about the same amount as Kaiser, way more than Logan Woodside, who's never really played outside of the preseason, and that really amazing fourth down fake punt throw to Nick Westbrook-Akine <laughs> against, the, against the Ravens last year. But what do you make of the, of the QB battle now that Kaiser's gone? I think it almost shores things up for Logan Woodside, uh, truthfully. I, I think Kaiser being there that he was there for a while of course was intending to push Woodside on that and probably had a better chance of doing so because he's been there whereas Barkley comes in now 
just a pretty much a week right before their first preseason game. It's obviously a new playbook for him. He hasn't played in this system before. I think fans in general underrate that, right? Logan Woodside right now has a massive advantage being there as long as he's been there. Now he's, you know, fending off Deshaun Kaiser. He can almost raise his arms in victory, in my opinion. He's close, barring injury, of course. Uh, you get Barkley now. I mean, Barkley would have to really, really blow them away over these next three weeks, I think, for 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 him to win the job and for them to cut Woodside. So this is great news for Woodside. I mean, he probably won't say it uh, out loud, but uh, he should be celebrating tonight because this is this is big for him and very hard to see a route. Uh, now where Matt Barkley unseats him for the for the backup QB job or dethrones him, I should say. I agree with that completely. I think that I tweeted this earlier on Thursday, but I think that this is not even a competition anymore. Obviously, they'll never say that it's not a competition because you always want guys to be competing and bring out the best and whatever, yada, yada. But Woodside, like you said, knows the offense are, oh, fumble in this game. Sorry, boys, but this is live. I'm going to talk about it. There's football on. <laughs> Uh, sorry are you that but, excited um, about the i saw the fumble i didn't react well you know i saw chase claypool catch that that pass on third and five pretty much wide open nobody canadian legend him. chase claypool addressed and him I, properly <laughs> and i had flashbacks to watching the titans defense last year this poor cowboys <laughs> defense oh that's micah parsons jumping on it yep man football's back we got rookies out here recovering fumbles in the preseason i just love it anyway Everything we've heard from the people out at Titans camp, Mike Herndon at Mike Miracle specifically talked about how Woodside has looked way more accurate, way more decisive. And when you're talking about a backup quarterback, you know, we mentioned this a little bit a few weeks ago. You called me crazy because I said I wouldn't think the Titans are completely doomed if Tannehill gets hurt. Just because there are so many offensive weapons now, and you got Derrick Henry handing the ball off to, just be accurate and decisive. Get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Now, I don't think Woodside's going to go out and win them any games the way Tannehill can, but if worse comes to worse and you got to play your backup quarterback, I think you could do a lot worse right now than Logan Woodside. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the, the way I see this right now and the way I see this battle, uh, how far apart I think it is to, to show you, just my opinion on, on how sure of a roster spot I think Woodside is to, is to how sure of a roster spot I think Woodside is to uh, ma- maintaining over these next couple of weeks for Barkley to dethrone him. You almost think Woodside has to go out there and totally bomb, right? He's got to put up an F grade in the coach's eyes. And I think Barkley's got to put up a B plus or a, like that's how apart. I think they would have to be uh, for the coaches to even consider going with Barkley. So this is a huge win for Woodside, and I'll be beyond shocked uh, if he's not the backup quarterback at this point. Agreed. I think he's Barkley is in to take reps in camp and to take reps, especially during the preseason where we're barely going to see Ryan Tannehill if we see him at all. We're going to see a lot of Logan Woodside, but he can't take every rep. I mean, he could, but you want to protect your backup quarterback too. So they're going to play a lot of Matt Barkley, I think. And if, God forbid, Logan Woodside goes down, that's really the reason Matt Barkley's here, is to learn the offense over the next three weeks and be the backup quarterback. He's the backup plan to the backup plan. Nothing more. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great <laughs> way to put it. So you're right. I mean, there's a lot of preseason to go. Knock on wood, neither of these guys get hurt. But uh, a Logan Woodside injury would, would be terrible at this point because I really do. And I can't believe I'm even saying that, but right. uh, I think it would be kind of terrible at this point because I, I think they're pretty – Uh, Their minds are all but made up that he is the backup quarterback. Agreed. All right, let's talk about Caleb Farley, a Titans first-round cornerback, finally got out onto the field a few days into training camp. 
And apparently, again, from everyone who's been there, Mike Herndon especially, and John Glennon of Broadway Sports also, talking about how he just looks so massive compared to the other cornerbacks. And this is one of the things that sets him apart as a prospect, back in April at least, set him apart, is that size-speed combination. He's six foot two, almost 200 pounds, and one of the fastest players in the NFL already based on what they clocked him at in college. So... Great to see him on the field. He hasn't started doing teamwork yet as he, as he works back from his back surgeries. But, you know, there was a little bit of concern that maybe he wouldn't be ready for the start of training camp. He did open training camp on the non-football injury list. He's already off that list. He's already at practice, running around. He looks healthy. Mike Vrabel said that he loves coaching him. He's he's attentive in the meeting rooms. He's been talking to Jackrabbit Jenkins to get extra tips about, you know, playing cornerback at this level. And keep in mind, Caleb Farley hasn't played cornerback that long. You know, he only played two years of cornerback at Virginia Tech after converting from wide receiver, which he converted to after being a quarterback in high school. So not a ton of experience on the defensive side in general. Great to have him in training camp so he can try to soak up as much as he can quickly. My question now to you, do you think he's going to be ready to start in this defense week one? That's a bold question. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with yes. I think... I don't, and I wrote an article on Broadway Sports Media earlier this week uh, when they took him off the NFI list. Uh, head over there to give it a read if you haven't yet. But I don't know that this could be going any better right now than it is. And I, and I knock on wood as I say that because for him to get off the NFI list as quickly as he did and really didn't miss much time at all, really not, not a whole lot of meaningful time, I think it's a W for the Titans. It's a huge W for them and their medical staff, by the way who uh, cleared him pre-draft. They were, you know, John Robinson talked about how comfortable they were with the medical on him. Um, And and I I said this in that article, but uh, it's early, obviously. We're not going to make any groundbreaking conclusions now, but it it sure looks like that the Titans medical staff knew what they were talking about on this one, right? Because for him to get cleared already and get back on the field, it's a huge W. And I love hearing everybody talk about uh, how much he stood out on the field, just from a size perspective, size, speed, height, weight, all that. Um, I, I always say something sometimes when you get in front of a guy like that and you see him in person, and I've said this before while covering the draft, uh, sometimes you just see a first round pick, right? you look at him and you're like, yeah, that guy, you, you see what kind of sets him apart, right? Why he's one of those top 32 and, and not part of the other, uh, you know, 220 guys, right. That go after the first round, not, not counting UDFAs in there. Uh, he just looks like a first round pick. And I think people are seeing that now, uh, that he's on the field there. Titans training camp, some of the beat writers that maybe don't cover the draft as closely as I do, uh, and so on. Uh, national media as well, but you you get in front of them and that that's a first round pick. So super excited to, that they have them there. I wonder if we're going to see him in the preseason, right? That's one thing. I, I think they'll be safe, but at the same time, he's a rookie, right? You almost want to get him a couple of reps in there. Uh, and, you know, not to get off topic, yes, if he'd start week one, I think that he will. I think all signs for now point to yes. I don't think they're going to start. I mean, who would they be starting over him, right? It would be Elijah Molden or Chris Jackson or a Breon Borders, right? If he's not ready, you figure it's a combination of those things and they can move guys around. Fulton can play inside, can play outside. That's why I give multiple options. I think Chris Jackson's a slot guy only, but that would maybe kick Fulton outside, whereas Breon Borders is an outside guy and you'd probably kick Fulton to the slot. So they'll have options. I think that they're semi-comfortable with being a, again a Jackson of Borders, even a Molden, but I think for the most part, uh, all, all all eyes are set on Farley being out there for Week One. 
Yeah, I like that you mentioned Borders and Jackson, both guys who are reportedly having great camps themselves. Borders has a few interceptions in camp. Jackrabbit, excuse me, Jackrabbit Jenkins has a few interceptions. Christian Fulton had one on Ryan Tannehill and apparently could have had a couple more that he dropped last week. So it looks like the secondary is playing very well, at least in camp so far. We will talk a lot more about the secondary when we do our secondary expectations episode, not next week, but in a couple weeks. So we will get to that. We'll have a little bit more clarity then on the pecking order that they're going with, and we'll know more then. So we'll talk more about the secondary then. Any other trading camp notes you want to talk about before we dive into the inside linebackers? No, I mean, uh, you mentioned Chris Jackson and, and Breon Borders looking good. We touched on Farley. A couple of the other guys, you know, T.R. Tart has apparently looked quite good uh, as well. Laurel Murchison, excited to see those two guys throughout the preseason. We, we did our D-line expectations uh, episode a couple of weeks ago. Curious to see those guys, how they step into bigger roles. I imagine they're going to get a lot of playing time in the preseason. I don't think you'll see a lot of Jeffrey Simmons or Dina Coatry uh, during there. So a ton of merch, a ton of tart. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited about those guys. I'm excited to see them preseason and, and all the other guys that are apparently playing well, especially this young secondary. Molden as well. Molden's made a lot of plays at training camp. Another guy we got to tip our hat off to. Yeah, really. And uh, one other thing I want to talk about with training camp before we move on is just the punt return job and, and wide receiver depth. Kind of combine these into two. We'll do wide receiver expectations next week and really get into it. But if I, I just want to put this out there. If I had to guess right now, I think Chester Rogers is going to end up with that punt returner job. I read your article on broadwaysportsmedia.com on Thursday interviewing Chester Rogers. A great piece. Great work on that. And just kind of hearing about his mindset that he was also featured in an interview on the Titans YouTube channel after practice one of these days last week. And feels like this guy was a practice squad level guy, not because he's a practice squad level talent, but because he really was working back from some undisclosed injury, suffered his last season with Indianapolis. He has a lot of NFL, I mean, not a lot, but more NFL production than most of these back end guys we're talking about. He's been a punt returner, special teams player with a significant role pretty much throughout his career. Titans need someone a little bit more electric as a punt returner that they can also rely on either as a slot receiver or as wide receiver depth. I really like what I'm hearing and seeing from Chester Rogers so far. So that's kind of my my last point there. I didn't see the interview on the Titans website. And thanks, by the way, for the for the shout out on the Chester Rogers piece. Make sure you head over to broadwaysports.com and read it. I had a blast with Chester just a couple of days ago. Uh, did he say in the Titans interview there that, that he was injured last year and he was working back from something? He said something kind of similar to what he said to you. Like, a lot of people yeah. may not know this, but kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, just, I, I didn't want to talk out of, out of line. Not sure what I'm allowed to say or not. But I can tell you with absolute certainty that he was not healthy, you know, last season. And that's why, you know, so if you remember when they signed him to the practice squad last year, a couple of you, you might have had reactions. Oh, that's interesting. Chester Rogers. Why aren't they bringing him up to the to the active squad or what? They never promoted him to the active squad last year. Uh, he was on that practice squad rehabbing. Pretty much the entire year. That's what he was doing. So uh, working back from that, uh, from an injury he suffered in Indianapolis. So uh, good stuff there. So it, don't don't think of that and all oh, that. They didn't like him. No, they liked him a lot. Look, they brought him in while he was banged up kind of thing. Right. So now he's healthy. Now he's ready to go. And I, I agree with you. I, I absolutely think he's going to make this roster. All right. Let's move on to the inside linebackers now. To me, this position is a little more cut and dry than some of the other ones we've talked about. I think next to running back, it's one of the more obvious. We, th I think I know who's going to make the roster. I think I know what their roles are going to be for 2021 at least. 
maybe one of the clearest positions we have for 2021 and one of the murkiest, most unknown positions for 2022 because projected <laughs> starters Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown are both entering contract years here. Rashawn, obviously, in the last year of his rookie deal, his fifth-year option was not picked up. Jayon Brown signed a one-year contract this offseason to come back to Tennessee. Looking at those guys likely as your starters, rounding out the group is former sixth-round pick David Long Jr., this year's third-round pick Monty Rice, and a few other names to know, B.J. Bello, Jan Johnson, and Justin March Lillard are the other guys in the group. Seven inside linebackers competing for how many spots would you guess? Four? Four or five, right? And that's and remember, we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we did the the edge group. Ola Adinie is is kind of got that outside inside versatility. Right. Right. So there's a possibility that they could factor in. Maybe they only keep four of these guys who are an obvious four. And then they see Ola as number five, right? A guy that can kick in there. So I think uh, of the group here, the the BJ Bello, excuse me, the Yan Johnsons and the Justin Marches, I think BJ Bello has the best chance to stick out of all of them. He's got some 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 quite decent NFL experience under his belt. I'm I'm very familiar with him. Uh so I, I think Bello's got the best shot if they go five from this group. But let's be honest, these top four are are absolutely locked in, right? Almost more so than almost any other position group uh, on this roster. Right. And um, Jan Johnson spent some time down there in Houston with Houston, uh, right? yeah. with Coach Vrabel. I think B.J. Bello was in Philadelphia with Jim Schwartz. I think you're right. He also had a stint in Cleveland, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. B.J. Bello, he did indeed. His rookie year, his rookie year, 2017, played all yep. 16 games. Didn't start any, but played all 16 games for the Browns in 2017. That's what I was alluding to. I, look, I know my stuff once in a while. I know he's got some good... <laughs> NFL experience under his belt. I remember him in Cleveland there. So I think he's got the best shot out of these guys, but good point on, on, on Johnson. Don't underrate the, you know, the fact that he was with Vrabel in Houston. Uh, I, I imagine is, is quite the special teams player as well. And Justin March is a seven year veteran. So he's got the most experience of anyone in this entire group, including the, the top of the depth chart guys spent the last four years with the Dallas Cowboys so I think you, I mean, it's, you're absolutely right about the top four. It's obviously Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, David Long Jr., and Monty Rice at the top of the depth chart. I think Rashawn and Jayon will be your base defense inside linebackers. David Long Jr. has flashed a lot of good tape his first two seasons. I don't know how much his role will grow in year three because of the entrenched starters, but if there is... Another injury, obviously, Jayon Brown working back from that dislocated elbow last last season. He was playing really well before he got hurt, had a couple interceptions, played. I mean, he's by far the Titans' best pass coverage linebacker. But we never really got to see Jayon play next to David Long. For whatever reason, this coaching staff seems to view David Long as Jayon Brown's backup, which makes me think third-round pick Monty Rice this year will be more viewed as the Rashawn Evans backup. And then depth-wise, it's a complete overhaul. The backups beyond David Long Jr. Last year, the Titans had who'd they have? Uh, the special teams. What's that one fucker's name? <laughs> what are you talking, talking about the Nick Dzubnar? Nick Dzubnar. Last year, they had Nick Dzubnar, who played a few goal line snaps unexpectedly. They had Will Compton, obviously, and Darren Bates. All three of those guys. Still on the street right now, as far as I know, not signed to any team. So the Titans are going a different direction here. 
I don't think that we're going to see a lot of Monty Rice. I don't think we're going to see a lot of David Long Jr. And if one of the other three guys makes this team, I'd be shocked if we saw them at all. So I think we kind of know what to expect from this group. The question is, can Rashawn Evans take a step forward and earn a new contract with the Titans? Or is this going to be the last year we see Rashawn Evans on this team? I'm going to predict that this is the last uh, year that we see Rashawn Evans here. Um, I, I don't think it was an accident that they drafted Monty Rice where they did. And I agree. They see him probably as the long-term replacement for, uh, for Rashawn Evans, just like they probably once upon a time saw David Long as the replacement for Jayon Brown. I think John Robinson likes drafting in advance. It's a good, smart thing to do. And Jayon Brown would not be here this year uh, if he didn't come back on a huge discounted contract, right? I think the Titans were totally prepared to move on from him, probably expected to have to move on from him. Uh, and then, you know, he suffered the bad injury. And look, they set a couple million bucks aside uh, for him. And I guess he didn't get anything bigger on the market. And he came back, right, on a one-year, I believe it was $5 million deal. Totally affordable contract for a player like Jayon Brown, a guy that's been so impactful for them over the last couple of years. But it's going to be an interesting year with Jayon and Rashawn on rookie deal on rookie, uh, sorry, expiring deals. Uh, that is. And, and then Long, of course, I believe has one more year after this one still. And then, of course, you got Monty Rice on a brand new rookie contract. So they could let both of these guys go next offseason and, and roll with David Long and Monty Rice, right? Totally believable. And again, like you said, Long is a replacement for Jayon. Rice is a replacement for Evan. So it'll be interesting to watch how both of these guys perform this year. Cause you know, both of them being Rashawn and Jayon are going to be super motivated to, to, to play well, like any guy is in a contract year and hit that open market and actually cash in. Jayon won't say it, but I'm sure he's, you know, super disappointed and slightly angry that he didn't get to cash in last year. And it was a super unfortunate injury that he suffered. Uh, but both these guys are going to be super motivated to cash in in 2022. And I think that they probably will end up cashing in and they probably will do so not on the Titans. So it'll be, like you said, interesting to see how these guys play this year. I'm kind of expecting more of the same, expecting Jayon to be one of the defense's top playmakers around the ball. He has been notoriously good at stripping the ball from ball carriers, at picking up loose fumbles, at catching deflected balls and turning them into interceptions and tipping balls himself. Like he just makes plays from that linebacker spot. He's also one of the Titans better blitzers from that position. So I think you'll see him used in that regard. If they have trouble with the, uh, with the pass rush and man manufacturing pressure as they have the last couple of seasons. When it comes to Evans though, again, I'm just kind of expecting more of the same. I think he'll be great in the goal line. And I think he's going to mostly struggle to fill his lane on time like he has for the majority of the last couple seasons you know he's like i honestly can't even think of a play where rashawn evans like quickly got into the backfield and made a nice play that wasn't within the five yard line you know in right in the red zone so i i don't know why he plays so slow i don't know if jim Hazlitt's gonna be able to get more out of him i don't think that there's that it's worth putting any stock whatsoever into what any coach says in a press conference interview. And that includes when Jim Hazlitt saying he loves Rashawn Evans and plays with his, like his hair's on fire. A guy who doesn't have any hair plays like his hair's on fire. Um, but I don't think you can put any stock in any of that. They're just talking what they're, I mean, coaches always praise their players when they're talking to the media, especially position coaches who aren't used to talking to the media as much. You know, they get asked about a player. They're just going to praise him nonstop. And I know our buddy Superhorn has been, 
very angry at Jim Hazlitt for consistently <laughs> praising Rashawn Evans every chance he gets. But what do you expect Hazlitt to say? Oh, yeah, Evans sucks. We can't get him to do the right thing. He's always too slow, but we can't take him out because we don't have the depth. Like, what do you what do you want from Hazlitt in that situation, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you, but I, I've always been of the opinion that the coaching staff seems to like him more uh, than the fans do. And not to get into this whole conversation, but I'd love to kind of know where that disconnect uh, exists, right? What, what do they see that we don't or, or, or whatever, but interesting year, really interesting year for this group. Again, these guys being in contract years. Now, if they're both healthy, let's be honest, if, if Evans and Brown stay healthy, I mean, linebackers get banged up. So this is probably a little unlikely, but if they stay healthy throughout the year, we're probably going to see very little of David Long and Monty Rice this year. Right. And I think that that's kind of scary because if you really are planning the future to let these two guys walk, you kind of want to know what you have behind them. And I think they know what they have in David Long a little bit, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Monty Rice getting some play if there are ever any games where the Titans have, you know, double digit lead in the fourth quarter and they want to see what else they have in that linebacker room. It wouldn't shock me to see something like that happen this year. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, th I think it's slightly unrealistic because linebacker is such a physical position. I'd be shocked, right? I mean, you hope they do, but I'd be shocked if both Evans and Brown made it through all 16 games completely unscathed, right? And You also and, have to worry about Evans punching a guy in the face and getting ejected, right? You, you did you that did on one of the... <laughs> week one, right? He did that against Denver last year, yeah. right? Week one, early on, too, right? Yeah, I was like second quarter or something like that. So, uh, and, there, and there you go. This time you'll have Monty Rice. You get to find out what you have in Rice if, if Evans decides to punch a guy in the face again. But uh, I, I, Drew Rosenhaus, Evans' agent, was at training camp the other day. Maybe he was telling him, hey, Rashawn, let's wait till week six before we deck a guy and get ejected. <laughs> but um, I'd be shocked again if they make it through all 16 games. But if they do, I expect both of them to play heavy, heavy snaps this year. I mean, we know Evans isn't going to play a ton in dime. I mean, all, all, that goes without saying, obviously, right? They're going to they're gonna switch things up there when they bring on extra DBs. But my point is when he's healthy and they're in that package, uh, you're going to see a lot of Evans and a lot of Brown. And I think we'll see a lot of Long and Rice in the preseason, which will be fun yes. to watch. And I'm, you know what? Because we talked about a couple other guys, uh, because I'm such a football nerd, uh, I'm probably I'm super excited to see Monty Rice in preseason. Because like Mike, Mike Herndon noted, um, I think in one of his pieces for us on Broadway, it, and, and it's true, it's tough for a linebacker to stand out in training camp. I mean, what can they really do, right? They're, they're not trying to, they're not being physical. You're not really tackling. You're not hitting people, right? I mean, and coverage, those seven-on-sevens, even one-on-ones to me, always favors the offensive playmaker in that situation. It's really, it's really difficult for a linebacker to impress a watching crowd during training camp. It just really is. So get Monty Rice in the preseason. I think he's going to play a ton. It's a bit of an unknown, right? I mean, obviously he's, all these rookies are quote unquote unknowns, but we're excited about Farley. We're excited about uh, Molden and some of these other rookies, of course, but Rice, I, I just don't know what to, what to think really. So excited to see him in preseason. And I don't think a lot of fans are necessarily excited about Monty Rice. Maybe no, people weren't excited about the pick. Right. I'm certainly curious, and but I am excited to see. I mean, 
Whenever there's a player like this that Zach hates, I just want them to be good to prove Zach wrong more than anything else. So this is for you, F-Words Pod. <laughs> I hope he's terrific. We'll rub it into F-Words Pod for the next 10 years. If Monty, I hope Monty Rice is all pro. I hope he's the next Ray Lewis. <laughs> right, just, well, a little, maybe not exactly Ray Lewis. There are some <laughs> things I would, I could go without Monty Rice doing. Okay. Ray Lewis without the murder. Yeah, there you go. You, you said I was thinking it. You said it. I was thinking it. But sans the murder. But um, I, I'm looking forward to Monty. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Monty Rice. I hope he's all pro. I hope, I hope he's the next great linebacker in this team's history. And, and Zach, Zach should have to eat a paper. On, on live on live stream now a paper that says Monty Rice on it has to swallow and eat a paper that says Monty Rice's name on it if he turns out to be a great player. I'm into that. All right, let's get to some of our listener comments. I put out a tweet asking for your guys' thoughts and you all delivered. So let's read some a now. A lot of comments. My notifications were blowing up a little bit there. Yeah, you guys have been active. We appreciate that. I'm gonna start with C Planet emoji. At in it for the Knicks says Pro Bowl season from Jayon. West Coast Titan agrees. I expect Jayon to be a stud as usual and Rashawn to be on the bench. Do you think <laughs> Jayon Brown can vault into Pro Bowl status this year? I don't know that he has the reputation to do so, truthfully. That's and I think agreed. so much of the Pro Bowl is reputation related. You know, him coming back on this cheap deal. Uh, you know, missing so much time last year. Uh, I, I do think, I will say that I do think he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's bitter about how it ended. And if you go back and watch the film of last year, he started kind of slow, right? I remember being a little disappointed with that. I mean, the whole defense was bad, but I remember being a little disappointed with how he looked early, but he was really picking things up. He played his best football of the year, the last two, three games before the, the injury was against Baltimore, right? I believe I so. He got clipped by the by the Ravens lineman. Is that right? Yeah. So that was what week eight or nine, right? So I want to say week six to nine, roughly, was probably some of the best football that Jayon Brown played last year. So I'm sure he's bitter about how it ended. It was a dirty play too, from what I recall. Yeah. I think he even commented on it and and he thought it was dirty. Uh, but I'm excited for him to get back, and I do think he's gonna have a great year. Uh, so many reasons for him to be motivated this season. Yeah. I agree, and that was week 11, actually, last year. When there he you go, hurt. even later. But, so I'm telling you, he was playing his best ball late. So maybe I said week 6 to 9, probably that week 8 to 10, 11 range, he was playing his best ball of the year. Here's an interesting comment from at dare to be dope. I think Evans staying is totally dependent on the development and play of Monty Rice. We should have a better picture midseason. I'm hopeful that Brown is brought back on a two- to three-year deal. I just don't know that the Titans have – the the desire to spend a lot of money on the inside linebacker position. Granted, John Robinson did draft a first round player there in Rashawn Evans, but you know they what didn't seem very willing to open the checkbook last year for Jayon. Like you said, they got him back on a one year five point three million dollar deal. That's pretty cheap for a starting inside linebacker who's expected to be one of your biggest playmakers on the defense. I think it, I would put him top three with Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons in terms of playmakers on defense. And then, you know, they, they drafted another guy in the third round. John Robinson has had success on day three drafting linebackers. So I just don't know that you're going to see Jayon brought back on a two to three year deal, no matter how good he plays this year. I agree. I mean, you start looking down the line 
the Julio Jones contract may have to be addressed at some point. We kind of knew that coming in. AJ Brown is going to get a massive payday uh, at some point. Uh, I know that that may not be, you know, next offseason, but that's coming, right? AJ, I mean, this coming offseason. AJ Brown's payday is coming. It after could that be, third right? year, you, yeah. you you often see it after the third year that's with, with so for sure superstars. At, yeah, you look at the Julio Jones contract may have to be addressed. AJ Brown, Jeffrey Simmons, they're going to keep Simmons. He's going to get a big payday. They've got a lot of activity, right? You know, you may look at a Nate Davis, right? He's going to have to be re-signed at some point. There are just so many guys they're going to be dishing out money to uh, over the next couple of years that I, I don't think they're going to be in a position financially. I'll be semi-surprised if they retain either of them, truthfully. Yep, me too. me too. Right? Like, it's just, I mean, the cap is supposed to jump a lot, and maybe they get another discounted deal on one of these guys. But I, I, right now, if I was a betting man, and I would have lost money last year because I would have bet on Jayon having to move on, but uh, I think I'd put my money on both of these guys not being Titans in 2022. Yeah, I, I would too. I like this comment from Trey at Titan Trey 12. I expect Jayon to be his normal serviceable self. He might lead the team in tackles and grab two interceptions and a few PBUs, then get overpaid by the Bengals and continue to be a good to decent coverage linebacker. Evans will continue to be average and lose time to Long slash Rice slash Bellow slash Yon. I wish that I could believe that last statement. No matter how much he struggles, I don't know if we're going to see him lose time. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised. I, I've always been of the opinion, again, that this coaching staff really likes Rashawn Evans, or at least they, they like him more than the fans do. I mean, yeah, I know you said earlier, no, they're not going to come out and say, oh, he's, he's bad or this or that, but they also don't have to come out and say that they're absolutely love him. Right. And that's what Jim Haslett says pretty much. Right. Absolutely love yeah. him plays with his hair on fire was the famous comment that a lot of Titans fans mocked uh, last season, but they, they like Rashawn Evans, man. If, if he's healthy, I, I no, I, I don't think he gets benched. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Ian at Ian Sanderford 22 says, I think they both have a great year. I only see us re-signing Brown though. I'm a big Evans fan though. Last year was rough. Brown is just a fan favorite and I'd feel weird seeing him in a different Jersey. Robinson drafted rice for a reason. I like them both though. So kind of on the same page as us here, not, not expecting both of them to be re-signed. Although he does think that Jayon could be brought back. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but something, this may be sound kind of weird. I think Jayon has to have a not fantastic year to be brought back because otherwise he's just going to price himself out of the Titans range as we've kind of talked about a lot here. But I agree that last year was rough for Evans. I'm just shocked still at how many Titans fans come to his defense when, I mean, he makes a few splash plays in the red zone area and that's what everyone seems to remember more than anything else. So I guess... You know, the times where he tries to jump into the backfield over alignment and just gets goes flailing into the air and lands on his own back and is completely take, takes himself completely out of the play or plays where he runs up and punches his opponents in the face mask. I guess those don't stand out in the mind as much for Titans fans. I guess not. No, I mean, there, there's no hey, hit up Superhorn on Twitter. Uh, you know, from Broadway sports, let them know what you think of Rashawn Evans. Please send him your comments. He'll probably reply uh, with one of the 175 clips that he keeps on his desktop from last <laughs> season of where, when he had to study the Titans defense for a weekly Broadway piece, it just 
Evans drove him crazy. And look, Superhorn's one of the one of the smartest football minds uh, I know uh, when it comes to you know the content creator side of things. So please hit up Superhorn, annoy him with your Rashawn Evans comments, and I almost guarantee you he will reply with a clip. That is at super underscore horn, super underscore horn. Please find him on Twitter and tell him how much you love Rashawn Evans. All right. Anything else with this inside linebacker group you want to cover before we get out of this episode? I think that does it. We did it. How many, uh, how many sacks for Jay on? I say three and a half. I was going to say four, three and a half sacks for Jay on. I'll go four then, since you won't coward. <laughs> I like it. All these millennials lack conviction. Not you, sir. Not, Not you. Me. He's a great blitzer. I, I love watching Jayon Brown get out for the quarterback. I really do. And I agree with that comment that he'll have he'll snag a few interceptions, a few PBUs. He's like I said earlier, he's always around the ball, but definitely expect Jayon to be the team's best linebacker. And like I said earlier, one of the top three playmakers in general on this defense. He's not a young guy anymore. He comes back as a veteran. You know, it's going to be up to him to lead this defense as they try to turn things around from how terrible they were last year. So I expect him to play a massive role this season. All right, that will do it for this episode of the Music City Audible. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure you're checking out broadwaysportsmedia.com. Justin has been publishing interviews with Titans players left and right almost every single day, it feels like. You got a new interview coming out with guys who are all fighting for a roster spot. Titans will play real football again a week from today. They are back on the field. Take on the Atlanta Falcons on August 13th. That's just a week away if you're listening to this on the Friday that it comes out. Very excited. We can't wait to preview that game, although we won't spend too much time previewing it since the game will come out. The game will happen just a few hours after the podcast comes out. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. What we'll really get into next week is our wide receiver expectations. And that's our schedule going forward is going to be next week, wide receiver expectations. The week after that, we're doing the secondary. The week after that, we'll do the quarterbacks. And the week after that, we'll get into special teams. Hopefully by then, we'll have a lot more clarity on who the Titans kicker is because my guess is that by September 3rd, Steven Goskowski might be on the roster. We'll see, but we will do special teams that week. And then we'll be there. We'll be previewing week one against the Arizona Cardinals. That episode will come out September 10th, only a few short weeks away. So make sure you're coming back. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Music City Audible, wherever you listen to your podcast, you will find us. If you're feeling nice, maybe you'll leave us a five-star review. Maybe you'll leave us a little written comment there. We, we sure would appreciate it. Make sure you're following Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. Until next week, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.